It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Well, it is a brand new year. It is 2024, and dare I say, same old caps. The Capitals have been a little busy. They had a really good win, and then they have a really bad loss against the Devils, and we're kind of in this Jekyll and Hyde of where the Caps have been the last couple years. Joining me as always to talk all about it, my buddy, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? Doing good. Did you have a good New Year's? Uh, I did. Both of my four-year-old and my now 23-month-old stayed up until midnight. I got the video. It was very nice. Yeah. She proceeded to basically put her to bed, and she's like, usually she wants me to like lay with her for a few minutes. That's not happening on uh, <laughs> very early January 1st. She's like, no, I'm going to bed. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah, no, it was good, man. My New Year's was good. How was yours? It was good. It was good. Had a good time. Uh, enjoyed myself. Started the year off with a nice cigar and uh, some bubbly, and it was a lot of fun. But uh, the Caps looked like they had a lot of fun in Pittsburgh, but they partied too hard and got a little ill-prepared for the New Jersey Devils. So let's go over those two games primarily. Um the Pittsburgh game, I, I kind of had high hopes. I thought the Capitals were like, finally, this is the game where everything clicked. These guys are finally going to get the the whole system. They're ready to rock and roll. And then they go against the Devils and have an okay game, and then they absolutely blow it in the third. So what were your thoughts on, on those games, the the Penguins, the Devils, two nationally televised games? Uh, what What are your thoughts on it? I, mean, I feel like those two games, both with various aspects of both games, were perfect representations of what this team is right now. Because there's so much Jekyll and Hyde throughout those games. I mean, against the Penguins, they go out and they score four in the first. And 
And then they just completely disappear for the rest of the game. And just, they try to like, to use a, a soccer term, they tried to park the bus and just play completely defensively. And I don't know if that was because that was, I don't think that was necessarily a game plan, but you know, they played very defensively. They got outworked outplayed by the penguins in the second and the third and almost ended up losing that game, or at least only getting one point out of the game. And then they went up against the devils and, you know, they, they played pretty poorly in the first, a, a little bit, better towards the end of the first they played you know okay in the second pretty well and then in the third they just completely laid an egg and it's just it's a perfect representation of this team where they're just up and down up and down up and down and they've got a nice stretch here of playing a lot of games at home and i'm hoping they're going to take advantage of that because this is a very tight division right now i mean they're in they're tied for fifth technically i mean they're in sixth but they're they have a gold i just saw this they have a gold differential of minus 20 that is awful yeah but it's again, it's because when they lose, they get blown out. Like they lose hard. They're one, two, and one since we last talked. They had the win over Pittsburgh, which was, you know, uncomfortable. They had regulation losses to the Islanders and the Devils. Both of them were bad. Was it five to one and six to three? And so they did have that controversial shootout loss to the Predators. They probably should have one more point than they do have and be tied with the Flyers for fourth instead of tied with the Devils for fifth. But their goal differential for a team like this is just negative 20s. It's almost the worst in the division. Columbus is worse at negative 24. But these last few games, I just think, are a perfect representation of what this team is and just how confusing they are for us to watch. Where, it, you know, the casual fans like, are they good? Right. Like, are, are and I'm like, you know, so... A guy I work with, he'll go, you know, just frustrated. The Caps are not very good. I'm like, they're bad. They're not, they're not good. They're just okay. I don't know if you saw uh, Tarek El-Bashir's interview after the game on TNT. Uh, I did repost it over on X, and uh, I thought it was very interesting because he's the guy that covers the Capitals. Uh, you know, that's his job. He's he's hired by Monumental Sports. And he pretty much just echoed what you said. He was like, this team doesn't really know who they are. And this game kind of represents that. Uh, the Devils were, were skating circles around these guys. They were very fast. Uh, this is the second oldest team in the they NHL. They are like one of the fastest teams. Yeah. and, and the Sorry to cut you off. But like the Devils are very fast team. And it really showed the age of the Capitals because they couldn't keep up. And you see them up against Pittsburgh and you see the stuff that they can do. And when they want to bring it, they can. And then you see them against a young team like the devils and uh, they, they don't know what to do. They're getting circle skated around them. So Tarek kind of made the national news there and let everybody know this is a team that uh, doesn't know who they are themselves. And I don't think it's the, uh, the coaching or anything like that. He did bring up that Spencer Carberry, uh, has inspired a lot of this team and and that they have bought in and and that his system is is what these guys want to do but I think that a lot of these guys that are on this NHL team that are younger kind of grew up with Spencer Carberry running through the ranks with them and they already have a relationship with him so they already kind of know his system whereas the older guys they don't know him as well I almost want to say like I I, I don't want to say this. But I'm going to just put it out there for, uh -oh. for podcast sake. Uh -oh. But 
Here we go, everybody. Are the older players that we all know and love that won us a Stanley Cup holding back this team to achieving another one in the present or in the future? I think if you take out the older guys, this is not a a better team by all that much. Who are we defining as the older guys? Like, is Carlson part of that? Yes. That it thing? Is Kemper, like, okay. So... I don't know if Kemper would be no, one of the older th- guys, just because he's kind of brand new to us. <laughs> oh, so you mean older terms have been here a while, and that's okay. I got yeah. you. So the and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I don't mean to cut you off again. Don't get me wrong, I love our guys, I love our team, I love the guys. I mean, that to won me, it sounds Stanley like Cup. you say that they're terrible. No, I'm just saying, you know, for for you podcast, all traded for podcast sake, I just want to ask, you know, is this team being held back by the guys that we know and love? No. And I say that because if you like, who's taking that spot? Who's taking Ovechkin's first line left wing spot? Who's taking, if Kuznetsov for adding to that, if Carlson, like who are taking these guys spots? Here's where I look at this team. You've got a bunch of young guys that haven't hit their prime yet. They obviously, because they're age wise, but like, they're not as good as they're going to progress. They're going to get better. Right. And then you've got some older guys that are past their prime. And I don't think that's Carlson necessarily. He's, how old is John Carlson? 33. He's, he's early so, 30s. Oh, he turns 34 in six days. So almost So mid-30s. happy early birthday. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, he, fine, he can be considered an older guy, I guess, in this regard, even though he's younger than both of us. But, I, you know, you have a couple of guys that are older getting towards sort of the end of their careers, and then you've got some young guys that are still kind of figuring themselves out in this league. There's no one really besides like Dylan Strom and I feel like it's really just Strom that is kind of like getting into the prime. Like Mantha to an extent, he's in his prime at 29. Wilson's in his prime at 29. Strom's getting there. Kuznetsov's kind of in the middle at 31. When's he turned 32? In at the end of the season. So I don't think the older guys are holding them back or the guys that have been around here a while are holding them back. I think they just have an interesting mix of young guys that are still learning in this league. You've got some guys that are getting into or in their prime, but not enough of them probably. And then some older guys that are kind of wrapping up their careers. And it's just a mixture that just hasn't clicked well enough yet. Like this team does not score enough goals five on five. Like they're awful at scoring five on five. The power play was pretty bad for a while, but that might maybe this is just the first season of figuring it out. That might change because Alexander Ovechkin has switched sticks. And just from that stick switches, 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 switches. I can't say it. Switch it. Switch. I, (laughs) because of him switching sticks, uh, he has been able to get that puck into the net more often than he has earlier this season. I mean, yeah, he's been trying different sticks. He's been trying to figure it out. And I guess he switched to to Bauer or the Bauer Vapor. And so there's a tweet that was from Tarek El-Bashir of Monumental. And he said, Alex Ovechkin has been trying different sticks pretty much all season. Two games ago, this was, I think, before the Devils game. He switched to Bauer Vapor and he scored in both games. And he had a third goal disallowed for goalie interference. So 
you know, maybe he's starting to wake up. Maybe it is a stick thing. I mean, I, you know, obviously I've never played sports at the same level these guys have played at, but I know that certain equipment, just certain styles, certain companies, just like their stuff, just I wasn't as comfortable with as I might have been someone else's for whatever reason. And so I imagine as a professional, you really, you want things to be the way that makes you the most comfortable that you want them to be. And with Ovechkin, that's probably important to have sticks that he really feels comfortable with that's helping him get his shot away quickly or uh, putting a nice little bit of spin on it or something like that, you know, the way he wants it to be. And we'll see if that continues. Now, a guy that might actually help with the scoring has made his debut, Max Pacioretty. He's a guy that uh, the Capitals took a chance on. He's been injured. Uh, he hasn't seen the ice yet this year, until this week, I should say. But he's a guy that uh, if if potentially he could find that magic again, you pair him up and you get him uh, you know, in, into the zone, he's a guy that also could score you some goals. However, his debut really didn't go as well as any of us had hoped. But any of us, any of him, yeah. like he was not happy with his debut, but you've been out that long and there's going to be some rust. Year, yeah. Oh no. Joe Beninati, I think brought it up on caps this morning about how, like, you know, you come back from two Achilles injuries, you got to be wondering if that's going to happen again. And so I think it's going to take a couple of games before he's really up to speed and no shots on goal, a penalty against, like he did not have a good game probably a number of guys didn't have a great game against the devils, but he was definitely one of them, but it's been one game this season that he's played in. He hasn't, and I think he made a comment about this afterwards that because they're later in the season and they don't have as many practices as they did beforehand. So he hasn't had quite as much, quite as many reps in practice to get up to speed. And so it's going to take him a little while. So let's give him the next few games. I mean, they play, where did the schedule go? You know, next week's interesting. Nice little, another break. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of their next seven games are at home. So he'll, you know, get the friendly confines of Capital One and some interesting talent coming up that they're playing. It's no easy games, but that ideally, actually, I feel like that makes it easier for him to get in the swing of things because he's got to be pushing like the rest of them if they want to have a good shot at getting into the playoffs. I'm glad you said that because we're going to give him time to get acclimated, which um, of course he's only human. He he needs time to do that. But do the caps have time to give Max Pacioretty time to get acclimated because we're, we're past the Christmas break. The next break coming up is going to be the all-star break, but uh, we're almost at the halfway point of the season. And there's a log jam in the middle of the Metro. There's a lot of teams vying for points. We can't give up two points like the caps did against the devils. Do the capitals have time to give max time to get ready? Like, yes and no. Uh, no, because they need to start getting earning points quickly here, but also yes, because there's no one else that's going to take that spot that's going to be producing likely any better. Like maybe LaPierre, probably LaPierre, at least at first, but at some point you need him to play. So when are you going to do it? So the, my, my thought is you play him and you continue to play him and you get him minutes and, and you hope it pr he produces in the way that he can because he can score goals. And then you've got a good player there that knows the league versus throwing someone like LaPierre, who was doing really, he was doing pretty good. Miroshchenko was getting more comfortable, but he wasn't producing points wise. 
And there's Matthew Phillips, who hasn't really produced much point-wise. Nope. So when I look at it, I'm saying, yeah, to me, it makes a lot of sense to have him out there to play, to get more comfortable and try and do what they can to get him up to speed because they need goal scoring and they need it fast. Now, Charlie Lindgren is, uh, is out uh, with an injury. He's on IR and I think they put him on our IR uh, to make room for Max Pacioretty and to keep Hendricks LaPierre around as well. So we uh, will see Hendricks LaPierre a little bit longer than they probably anticipated, but that is good that they want to keep him up here and they want to keep him active on the NHL level. But uh, with Charlie Lindgren out, that means Darcy Kemper will probably be getting the load moving forward. Hunter Shepard will be backing him up, and we saw him didn't have the greatest showing against the Devils, again, allowing uh, six goals. But Darcy has been having an up-and-down season. I think Charlie Lindgren has outshined Darcy Kemper. I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, hiding that in any way. I, I have thought that. But... Um, this is this is Darcy Kemper's chance to kind of prove, yeah, I'm the number one guy. It's my it's my spot. I'm the guy that's going to be a net moving forward. And he has a real opportunity right now to show that. I have to imagine he came here thinking, All right, I'm coming in. I'm going to be the Caps number one. We're going to get back to the playoffs as a veteran team. Like It's a good spot for me knowing that Colorado is going to be looking to go in another direction due to salary cap reasons. And they caps in that offseason, they not only signed him, but they sign a guy that you and I hadn't heard of that. I imagine a lot of NHL fans hadn't heard of playing in the, was he in the minors occasional opportunities in St. Louis, but then he's played really well for the caps, Charlie Lindgren that is. And so if you're Kemper, you got to, you know, I'm getting paid like a starter. I don't think I'm going to lose my spot necessarily, but, I need to pick up my game and could Kemper be playing better than he has been? Yeah. We can say that about a lot of players on this team, but Kemper definitely could have been playing better. And this is a great opportunity for him to show, Hey, this is why y'all signed me. These are the things I can do because if the caps are looking, I doubt it's this season, but this season or next season, you know, if the Caps are going to look to make Linger their number one guy or they want to go in another direction with the with the goaltending department in terms of away from Kemper, he's going to need to show that there's another team out there that that wants him. Because he's, I have to imagine, as a professional athlete, he wants to play. And if it's not with Washington, it's going to be with somebody else. So him playing well only benefits him. Obviously, it benefits the Capitals as well. But in terms of his career... He needs to play well. He needs to show he's a number one so that if it doesn't work out in D.C., in terms of the spot, even if he's playing well, they could, you know, you know what? We want to free up some cap space or these guys are offering us a great package in return for you. We're going to make this move. If that's going to happen to him, he wants to show, I would imagine, that other team that he's worth taking a chance on. In reality, he's probably staying here and he's probably still there, you know, quote unquote, number one. We'll see what happens in the offseason in terms of what, moves can be made or if he comes back as like a one, a one B, but I think that's what the caps have right now with, with Kemper and Lingren. It's a one, a one B situation, but Kemper could be playing better. And, and the hope is that he, he's going to be a big part going forward. We'll see how long Lingren is out for, 
But Kemper's a big part of this team. He's an important part of this team. And it's, they need him to play his best. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like Darcy and Charlie Lindgren both have issues with staying healthy. Have you noticed that? Like, it, it seems like... I mean, it is a goalie thing. You know, they've got to stretch a lot. They're 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 always pulling muscles in the groin area. I mean, that just goes with the territory of being a goaltender. But these guys seem to both get hurt a whole lot. I, I'm not a medical professional, so <laughs> I don't know specifically what the issues are. But yeah, it is a little weird that it's kind of back and forth. And you know, what is it? Linger? He took a shot. What was it? I can't remember exactly what had happened to him, but he's off the top of my head now. But he, there is an interesting situation where they keep going down injured. And the nice thing is they have two, you know, really good goalies that can step in. And you've got a, a pretty good guy who's been hanging out in the minors in Hunter Shepard that can come and step in. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not real sure about him as like a future guy for this team. Like, you know, let's say, because let's say they still believe in Kemper or they can't move him. You could move Lingren if you think Shepard's a backup and get something pretty decent for Lingren in a trade if you're still trying to kind of retool this roster at the deadline or in the summer. I don't necessarily love that plan. But I don't know about Shepard at this point, but it's nice to know that he's available and can play because if they had these injuries and their backup was like you or me, that's a problem. Yeah, and even the so they the have guy, some depth. They they have a lot of depth uh, at goalie. I mean, even the guy, what's his name, Clay Stevens, or is it Stevenson, mm-hmm. uh, Stevenson. down in Hershey? He's got five shutouts in the AHL already, and that we're only halfway through the AHL season. He's leading, I think, the entire NA or AHL in shutouts right now with five. I mean, that's a new record for a Hershey Bear rookie. So like. There's depth at the at the goalie spot. So, like, th- I guess the the silver lining is if one guy does go down, they have somebody that can come up and, and be in net and you can be confident in net, which I think is a really good thing. Now, moving on to uh, defense, we had a, another debut this week. Ethan Bear finally made his... Uh, his uh his debut and a big thanks to the capitals for announcing he's he was signed after we recorded last week really appreciate that (laughs) thank Uh, you very much yep yep ethan bear officially a washington capital what did you think of his debut i like the play from him he seems steady he seems ready to go um i like that he gets into it offensively I i like him on this team i think his name is fun to have on the back of a jersey or a t-shirt, you know, bear or so, you know, I like it. I'm a little disappointed. He didn't play, uh, you know, a a game to get up to game speed in Hershey just because I mean, it's right there. So no, I like it. I like him. You know, I think it would made a lot of sense and I don't think it was a move where it's like, Oh, they signed another veteran guy. Like when they traded for Edmondson, I mean, he's a veteran guy. Let me phrase it differently. They signed another old guy. Although Edmondson's only like four years older than him, but you know, he's 26. He turns 27 towards the end of June. So he's a guy that could be given. He only has a two-year contract, but if it works out well, he's a guy that could be, you know, a first or second line pairing defenseman for a number of years for this team. And so I, I think it made a lot of sense. I think he's excited to be here. I like it. I, you know, I don't think this is one of those moves. Like, I questioned the acquisition of Joel Edmondson. Like, I didn't quite understand 
the point there, given on the, you know, I don't work in the front office. I'm not coaching the team. And maybe there were some concerns they had with a number of the young guys. And as we've seen, Alexiev's not really playing. So Edmondson made sense. But I really was questioning that over the summer. Like, why bring in, watch, someone's going to go back and be like, no, on this episode, you said this. But I really am wondering why they would bring in older guys. Ethan Bear is right in that age, you know, sort of bracket gap that they want. They want guys in their their mid-20s that can come in and be on this team for a while. So signing Ethan Bear made a ton of sense to me. I got to say, I really like the the defensive pairings that the Capitals have right now. You have Martin Fehavari uh, and John Carlson. I think the two of them work really well together. You have Rasmus Sandin and Ethan Bear. We're still trying to figure out you know, who Ethan Bear is as a Capital, but Sandin came in midway through this season, and I've really liked what he's done. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Nick Jensen. I think those two guys have been really good. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, it's almost like you can just plug him in on any line and, and it'll work. And then, you, like you said, there's Alex Alexiev, who we haven't seen much from, but he's a solid guy as well. Um, I, I like these 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 three pairings for, for defense. I think they work, and, and I think everybody's doing their job, and, and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you could improve on the defense. I think this is, this is a solid defensive uh, – six guys, you know, I think they work. I would agree. I, mean, I think the defense is definitely playing better. I like that. They have the ability to rotate now where, you know, if one guy gets a little banged up and not enough necessarily come out of the game, they'd be like, you know what? Take a night off. Like go up to the press box, relax. We, you know, let's let that injury kind of take care of itself. Let you heal up. Like you're not, it's not hurting this team that Van Riemsdyk or Edmondson, Edmondson are getting a little bit of a break. So I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with bringing in Ethan Bear and letting them be able to rotate some guys. You know, I'd like to see Alexia play a little bit more, but I think they clearly are not quite comfortable with him playing more often right now. And they're clearly worried about losing him on waivers, which I imagine if that was not the case, he would already have been in Hershey for a while now. So that's kind of unfortunate for him. I'm sure he was a little upset when Ethan Bear was signed, but that's part of professional sports. And sometimes you're not going to get a jersey every night or most nights. And that doesn't mean his career here is over. It doesn't mean he's going to get traded. It doesn't mean that he's you know ever going to leave. For all we know, later in the season, he could become really important and, and play really well or next season. But right now, Alexiev's the odd man out and I like the pairings they got. I think Fervari has turned into a really solid defenseman. There's a reason he's paired with John Carlson. I really like having him out there. And I think this team has the opportunity to look at next season and go, you know, we have, you know, on defense, we're pretty comfortable. You know, we'll see what they decide to do. They have a couple guys they got to resign. Joel Edmondson, if they decide they want to bring him back, he's going to be scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Sandine is a restricted free agent. He's likely going to get a, get a uh, likely going to get a nice raise. So they'll have some decisions to make. They actually have no defensemen signed after the 2025-26 season. That's interesting. No one that, signed that could be that. Uh, that could be tough. <laughs> yeah, that would be a problem. But I can see a you couple see, of these a... guys not coming back then. But that's you know, two years from now, two and a half years from now. So we'll see. That's the thing that I, I really don't understand about why this team is so Jekyll and Hyde. You have two solid goaltenders. You've got a solid defense, and 
for whatever reason, the forwards are having a hard time getting the puck in the back of the net. But, I mean, you've got Beck Malenstein, Nick Dowd, Albe Kubel, who the coach is really a big fan of, uh, keeping those three guys together. You have Alexia Protis, who is young. He's coming into his own. He's looking good. Connor McMichael, uh, he's looking like a full-time NHL player, as he should. You've got Tom Wilson, who is, is really just starting to reach his prime. You've got one of the best goal scorers ever. Alex Ovechkin seems like he's got his head on straight again. Anthony Mantha has found his game again. Uh, I mean, on paper, this should be a, a team that is is flying through the rankings at the top of the Metro. But for whatever reason, they're just they're not there. But I, I, I can't pinpoint why. I really can't. I think the coaching staff is good. I think the, all of the players have a lot of talent. But for whatever reason, something just isn't clicking. And I think there's just there's so many different things that have happened or are happening during this season in terms of different players, in terms of new coaching staff. And it's just it's taking them a long time to gel. And I feel like if this team continues to struggle, it's well, I was going to say maybe Carberry starts to get on the hot seat, but. It really feels to me like the front office is going to give him the rope that he needs, that they really believe in him. And maybe this takes more than a season for for things to gel. It's not unprecedented that that would happen. So it's a little tough to watch them some nights. And it's it's tough, especially to watch a guy like Ovechkin, who's been such an important piece, not only for this team, but for the NHL and such a a superstar sort of come to the end of his career and you know we'll see where this season goes but I do think overall they're starting to play a bit better I think the power play is looking better I think the defense is looking better I think we've got some exciting exciting pieces to go go forward with like this isn't when they had their fire sale in was it 2003 2004 something like that when you know Bondra and Yager and what was it Kyle Walchuk? Like a ton of guys were getting dealt. You know, it's not then. It's not a complete restart. You know, when they get to the end of the Ovechkin era, they could still be okay and be you know a superstar or two away from really competing and have the cap space to bring someone in or make a trade or whatever the case may be. Right? This is not a complete rebuild coming up. We can see that there are already pieces here or in the minors that are going to be ready. It's just, you know, how patient can we be? We've, uh, as Caps fans, we've done it before. When they did that rebuild, that was rough. I mean, I remember having Tomas Fleischman, Jakob Klepisch, um, Brian Zutherby, uh, you know, uh, well, it was when they started trading everybody, but, and this was before, but like Jason Doig and Joel Kwiatkowski and a ton of these guys that you were like, not those last two, but a number of guys were like, you know, Boyd Gordon, like guys that maybe were going to be a part of the future and just, they weren't, you know, they weren't anywhere near this team when they won a cup or when they started making those playoff runs. So, or a number of those playoff runs. So, you know, there's a lot to look forward to in this team. You just might have to look a little bit further forward than we thought. Yeah, we'll see what happens next, but uh, I mean, you never know what you're going to get with these caps when you you tune in to watch a game. But we do love in the we do love watching the caps, and we love what they're uh, they're all about. So we're still going to be fans. We're still going to enjoy our time watching these guys and see how uh, what comes next. So, Coach Dan, have we covered everything in Caps World? I think we have this week. 
Uh, you know, I feel like actually, you know what? I'm gonna take it back. Never mind. I was say I feel like this team is was gonna some ro bigger roster move might happen sometime soon. But you know what? Actually, I'm gonna take that back. I had a feeling like a week ago, not the Ethan, not the Ethan Bear was gonna be the big one, but I just I feel like a shakeup of this roster might be necessary to kind of kickstart him a little bit. But with Patcheretti coming in, with Bear coming in, never mind. Like, let's see what this team looks like in a couple weeks as we get closer to the deadline. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break, and here's a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with Down on the Farm. everybody here we go we're going down on the farm we are talking hershey bears south carolina stingrays and a little bit even more than just that so coach dan catch us up what's going on down on the farm well let's start in hershey where the bears went three and out since we last talked with wins over rochester lehigh valley and charlotte the bears are currently on a nine game winning streak yeah, they are tearing up the AHL. They're currently first in the Atlantic and the entire AHL with 56 points, 18 up on second place Providence in the Atlantic and 11 points up on Cleveland for the league lead. They'll be back at it with two home games this weekend at the Giant Center, first on Saturday when they host Hartford before welcoming Lehigh Valley on Sunday. And other Bears news. Now, if... Yep. Uh, uh, real quick, if if anybody is uh, going to be there on Saturday, I will be in attendance Whoa. for the halfway to summer game on Saturday in Hershey. So uh, if you see me walking around, come say hi. Tell me you're a listener. What the puck would love to uh, meet you. And then Sunday is the legendary teddy bear toss game for the Hershey Bears. So I can't wait to come back here next week. And uh, Coach Dan's going to tell us how many Bears actually hit the ice. So I'm excited for that one. Should be a great weekend in Hershey. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait. Yeah. I mean, Giants Center is great. It's a great place to go and watch a game. Yeah, I I, I like the I love the uh, the Giants Center. It's a great place to see. A That's game. great. In other Bears news, Dylan McElrath was named as a captain at the 2024 AHL All-Star Classic. Well, congratulations to him. Let's head down to South Carolina, where the String Rays went 0-2 in the last week. They are currently tied for second in the South Division with 36 points, seven back of first place Greenville. They have three games coming up over the weekend, starting on Friday in Greenville before hosting Atlanta at the North Charleston Coliseum on Saturday. They then take on Greenville at home on Sunday. So a good opportunity coming up to close the gap between them and the now mentioned multiple times Greenville. In other Stingrays news, Connor Moore was selected to participate in the CHL All-Star Classic. So both the Stingrays and the Bears will be represented at their respective. All Why are they All-Star Classics and not games? Like, do you think you're cooler for saying Classic, AHL and ECHL? I don't understand. Getting into some Caps prospect news, 2022 third-round pick Alexander Suzdalev has been traded from the Regina... I was going to say it wrong. Regina Pats. Regina Pats? Regina, right? Regina. It's Regina. It's Regina. It's hilarious. He but was traded from the Pats to the Saskatoon Blades. 
I love the names of towns in Canada. Suzdalev and a six-round pick in 2025 will head to Saskatoon, while Regina receives three players and three picks. Now, Suzdalev was playing over in Sweden with Mora IK before the trade where he had three points in 13 games, but he will now be heading back over to Canada. Moving on to some World Juniors prospect news, Ryan Leonard and Ryan Chesley continue on with Team USA, where Leonard has had a point-per-game pace through the quarterfinals. Now, in the quarterfinals versus Latvia, Chesley skated for 18 minutes and 4 seconds, as well as had three shots on goal. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about the World Juniors later in the show. That's what's going on down on the farm. All right, go Bears, go Stingrays, go Team USA. We're going to take another break, and then we'll be back with Around the NHL and Beyond. Around the NHL and beyond, lots of stuff is happening. Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Well, let's start in Ottawa, where Steve Steos has been appointed as the new general manager and president of hockey operations for the Senators. Dave Poulin joins the team as senior vice president of hockey operations, and Ryan Bonus has been appointed as the team's associate general manager. Arizona's Jason Zucker was suspended for three games for boarding Florida's Nick Cousins. Minnesota's Ryan Hartman was fined $4,400 and some change for high-sticking Winnipeg's Cole Perfetti. Now, I want to talk to you about this. Did you see the story coming out after this went down in terms of Hartman and and Perfetti and the high-sticking? I did not. So, in a, I believe it was in a prior game... Not earlier in that game, but in a prior game, Kirill Kaprizov, there it is, their star player, was injured by a member of, I don't remember who it was, by uh, someone on Winnipeg. But then Hartman, apparently, in retaliation for that injury, decided he was going to, you know, he high-sticked Perfetti in the face, and he admitted it to the dude he high-sticked. But what he didn't know was that that dude was wearing a microphone. He was mic'd up for that game. Also, he admitted it to the other guy. He was like, hey, look, man, that wasn't really anything about you. That wasn't personal. It's just because of this situation. And my reason for wanting to discuss this is what the hell is wrong with people where we think that something like this is okay? Like, I get it if Perfetti was the one who had like a cheap shot because hockey allows this, but had a cheap shot against uh, uh, the star player for another team. And so you go after him the next game and you're like, we're throwing down the mitts, right? Like gloves off. Let's go. I get it. Hockey's weird. We allow fighting, but this nonsense where you're like Hartman, who's been suspended multiple times in his career where he's like, well, you hurt one of our players where I'm going to hurt one of yours. What kind of BS is that? It's like in, in major league baseball where a pitcher gets mad because he gives up a bad pitch and some dude knocks it out of the city. And then the next guy up, or no, sorry, the hitter will like 
you know, stare it down or celebrate that he hit the home run. And then the next guy up for the same team, he, he beams him. Like, what kind of BS is that? If you're mad that some dude was celebrating that he hit a home run, throw a better pitch. It's on you. You're the one that sucks. Like, the fact that that guy got hurt, yeah, that's unfortunate, but that other dude had nothing to do with it. I don't even know if I'm saying that, but Perfetti, he had nothing to do with it. Hartman's a clown for doing something like this. And the reality is the rules in the CBA state that even though he's on, well, I was going to say camera, microphone admitting it, there's nothing they can do about it. They can't go back and like retroactively uh, suspend him for intentionally high sticking someone else. Like it's just, it's so dumb. Yeah. I mean the, the NHL, they, they don't know what to do moving forward because uh, hockey having fighting is like one of the main reasons why people tune in. Uh, but you know, years ago when uh, the big thing happened with Tom Wilson and the, the, the horrific acts of violence and, and yada, 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 that all got out of hand and people were, were going after Tom Wilson and they were doing this and doing that. But uh, yeah, this was the Minnesota stuff and, and, and whatever, like you can't headhunt. You can't purposely go out and try to hurt someone. That's, Apparently that's you can the now rules of any game. Yeah, but that, that shouldn't happen. Yes, fighting should be allowed. It helps get the team riled up, but you can't uh, purposely go out there trying to be like, you know what? I'm going to bust this guy's knee up or or I'm going to I'm going to break this guy's wrist. Yeah, don't do that. No, it's just, it's so childish. Well, we're going to pause there for a moment as Brandon, we have some breaking news as the NHL has breaking news. Bre- ding, 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 ding. The NHL has <laughs> announced. Well, the NHL has not announced, but it's being announced by other people. I got it up here from Sportsnet on Twitter that at least I have the Eastern Conference All-Stars representing the Washington Capitals in the upcoming NHL All-Star Weekend, the one and only top line, Tommy Wilson. Willie Bebe, congratulations. He's going to be a, a, a hometown guy. The uh, The game is in oh, Toronto. He's up in Toronto. He's from up there. Yeah, he's from Toronto. He'll be an All-Star in Toronto, so congrats to him. He's having a great season. Little, little disappointed that Dylan Strome, but I guess it's kind of what one dude from every team and then maybe a fan vote gets him in or something in the NHL gets him in. So we'll see what happens there. But right now what we're seeing reported, at least from Sportsnet, is I'm at, we're looking at from Carolina, Sebastian Ajo, from the Islanders, Matt Barzal, from the Penguins, from Buffalo is Rasmus Dahlin, from Detroit is Alex Dabrinkat. I wanted the Caps to bring him in this past summer. From New Jersey is Jack Hughes, Boone Jenner of Columbus, Travis Konechny in Philly, Nikita Kucherov in Tampa, Austin Matthews in Toronto, David Posternock in Boston, Sam Reinhart in Florida, Igor Shosturkin with the Rangers, Nick Suzuki in Montreal, and Brady Kachuk of Ottawa. I have not seen who's going there on the Western Conference just yet, but if that comes out while we're recording, I will make sure to bring that up. Well, let 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 me clue everybody in here. So ESPN Ooh. PR posted this earlier today that uh, the 2024 NHL All Star Game roster will be revealed during the Penguins Bruins game. 
and the Eastern Conference is before puck drop. The Western Conference will be announced in the first intermission. So if any of you want to actually figure out when Coach Dan and I actually That's recorded. so dumb. That is your, how you're going to figure it out. <laughs> same all at the same time. Well, obviously, we are not watching Penguins versus Bruins. So that is how Hard you know we are. Pass. <laughs> the We're battle of who wears game. yellow and black better. <laughs> Stupid. Anyways, let's who's see. a lock Where on the West? Who's a lock There's on the West a... Coast to, to get a to get a uh, an All Star? Well, I would say Capper's off from Minnesota, but we'll see how long he's out for. Um, 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 uh, Kopitar in LA probably. Oh, uh, what's his? I I don't know. In Arizona, I don't know. A bunch of guys would be my guess. But we are going to move a little bit forward as it was announced that Minneapolis and St. Paul will host the 2026 World Juniors Tournament. Now, speaking of the World Juniors, it is continuing over in Sweden. In some shocking news, sorry, Ryan, Canada lost in the quarterfinals to the Czech Republic. The gold medal match is set to be host Sweden versus Team USA this Friday, January 5th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the NHL Network. The bronze medal game will be the Czech Republic versus Finland, also on Friday at 9 a.m. That will also be on the NHL Network. The PWHL has officially begun its inaugural season this week. New York was the first team to win a game in the new league, shutting out Toronto 4-0 on New Year's Day. Not to be outdone, the Montreal versus Ottawa game set. I guess they're not going with those team names that were released. Yeah, they said that there's no nicknames. It's just the city. Maybe they were weird. going to and it didn't get good press. And they were like, uh, no, that's fake. Uh, never mind. <laughs> we're not doing that. Anyways, Montreal versus Ottawa game set an attendance record of 8,318 people. The most to ever watch a professional women's hockey game. Montreal will go on to win the game 4-3 in overtime. That would be the first overtime win in league history. Minnesota beat Boston 3-2 in their season opener in Lowell, Massachusetts on Wednesday. If you're interested in watching the PWHL, the games are broadcasted on Bally Sports North or streamed on their YouTube channel. And finally, the NCAA announced a new eight-year, $920 million TV agreement with ESPN. The new broadcast deal covers 40 different championships, which will include both men's and women's ice hockey championship games. That's the news from the past week in the NHL and beyond. Now, I know that uh, ESPN and this agreement, there's a lot of stuff talking about the women's basketball tournament during March and how the championship game will be on broadcast television on ABC. That is a, a big deal uh, in this new TV agreement that's going to be going on for eight years. I tried to find some information about the Frozen Four and about those tournaments and if the championship games will be on ABC broadcast television or if they'll be on ESPN plus or regular ESPN. I haven't been able to find any of that information, but this is a huge deal. Live sports are, are keeping cable and broadcast television alive, but uh, there's a lot of focus on the women's basketball tournament right now. Not a lot of talk about the ice hockey tournaments, but if we can watch the frozen four on TV, it's a win for everybody. I don't, I don't care where I see it just as long as I get to see it, but 
Good news for everybody that enjoys watching NCAA hockey on TV. Coach Dan, have we covered everything for this episode of What the Puck? I think that's it, buddy. All right, everybody. If you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. Follow both of us on X. You can follow me at Brando Cash. And Coach Dan, where can people follow you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals related hockey. Usually it's me being frustrated by something they're not doing well. You can also find me on there talking about Arsenal Football Club, not having a good run of form over the last few weeks. Whew, got knocked from first to fourth in the league table. But we're going to turn it around and we'll see what happens. Moving forward, you can also find me on there talking about the Commanders and how everyone is hoping for a big loss this upcoming weekend to get a better draft pick, hoping for a Bills victory over the Dolphins, get into the playoffs, and win the division. And uh, talk about other things on there as well. That's at WTP Coach Dan. But hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash WhatThePuckPod. It's where we post when new shows are coming, as well as all sorts of other things related to the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, the, you know, now Saskatoon Blades, and, uh, you know, other things related to hockey that Brandon finds fun. Let me be on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the puck pod. But Brandon recently, or just a moment ago, I was talking about a couple of football teams, but Hey, if someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should check out? That's right. You can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called the call. We release two shows, a minimum of two shows every single week to talk about those soon to be super bowl champion, Baltimore Ravens. That's right. Yeah. I said it. I don't care. I don't care. I got faith in my boys, but it uh, should be a fun one to Might watch on Saturday. <laughs> should be a fun one to watch at least on Saturday with uh, the fact that it could rain or snow or whatever uh, in Baltimore for this game against the Steelers. So I'm very intrigued to see what happens this week. Um, be social with what the puck write us an Apple podcast review, rate us over on Spotify. Let all of your friends know on social media, say I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to what the puck and you should too. Let's go over the games until we talk again on Friday, January 5th. The Capitals will be up against the Carolina hurricanes. That game's at seven o'clock monumental sports network. And then on Sunday, the Capitals welcome the Kings to DC on January 7th, that is a 3 o'clock in the afternoon start. You can watch that one on the NHL Network and locally on the Monumental Sports Network. And then we'll be back. Again, a wonky schedule, three days off in a row for the Caps after those two games. I don't like that they're doing this, but uh, it's a nice little stretch of home games for the Capitals. We talked about this earlier, but this Carolina Hurricanes game um, – this could be a four-point game, and when we say that, a four-point game, we mean get two points for the Capitals, take two points uh, away from the Carolina Hurricanes that potentially could hurt you in the back end. But that could be a big one for the for the Capitals, and uh, let's see what they can do. Up against uh, some, some really good teams coming up. January, there's going to be a lot of hockey to watch, so just strap yourselves in. Everybody, that is it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Cats! This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. 
Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.